Hey, welcome back to Star Wars Lads. It's been a bit, but we are back this week talking Q&A, really, <laughs> for this episode. And not too much in the world of news to discuss, but we're here to chat about anything you'd like. Uh, Star Wars, any other topics you'd like to discuss, let us know in the comments here. And we will take all of your questions and comments and concerns and answer them. We do have a couple things we want to discuss in the meantime as we wait for your comments to roll in. Uh, so we will get to those topics, starting with Carl Weathers passing, which is incredibly sad. But we'll we'll talk about a little bit about Carl Weathers' career and what it meant to us, and especially his role as Grief Karga. And we're going to talk about the uh, the announcement today that Disney has a new game coming out that is collaborating with Epic Games, the Fortnite creators. And it didn't really say what it was. We're going to talk about it, though. And it looks like there's been some other news stories that have kind of popped up here as right before we started to go live, but nothing too major. So send in those questions. We'll try to get to them as fast as possible. We're going to go for about an hour tonight. Make sure you're sending in all your questions, comments, concerns into the chat, and we will get to them. If you'd like to support us via Super Chat, you're always welcome to do so. Greatly helps out the channel, but that is completely up to you. All right, let's start with Carl Weathers. Because, unfortunately, we lost Carl Weathers last week. Carl Weathers, if you're not familiar with him, he is the actor that played Grief Karga in The Mandalorian. So he is a Star Wars veteran now for three seasons of The Mandalorian. And also directed quite a few episodes of The Mandalorian Season 2. I know he did one in Season 2. Did he do more than one in Season 3? I, feel like I think it's just Episode 4 of Season 3. I don't... Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, very talented. Also played Apollo Creed in Rocky, the Rocky franchise, as well as I forgot what his character's name is in Predator, but mm -hmm. he's in Predator 2. Pretty outstanding scene. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's Carl's Weather's career. Um, it's very sad to see him go. I mean, obviously, uh, in the practicality standpoint, it's a character that we're going to miss in Grief Karga, but not one that can't necessarily be written out uh but overall i'm just more sad to lose carl weathers also chubbs and happy gilmore i forgot about that one too great character. yeah he finally <laughs> has his hand back, back right yeah. yeah finally has his hand he's he can wave at the end of the of the movie you know at the end of happy gilmore will be even more powerful <laughs> at this point yeah and i don't know i mean obviously it was rocky for me first that is the yeah. introduction Essentially, everybody has had, right? Uh, but I think what was interesting is finding out that he kind of got the role. It's just from, you know, obviously the media coverage uh, on his passing that he got the role because he insulted uh, Celeste Stallone. He's like, you know, technically what a real actor and really show off my skills, right? And he himself was only like a couple years removed from a Canadian Football League, National Football League career, right? So I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, that's, that's what Sly was like, yeah, that's kind of I know why we got, got you the part, because no, that's, that's exactly what Paul would do. Like, you, you fit, fit him in a boat, boat, which I, I thought, mm -hmm. that, that was beautiful to hear. Um, another, another one of my favorite versions of him, him which, which, I mean, I mean honestly, honestly, brought about, about this, like, like, renaissance of him being the perfect man, man straddling, like, like histrionics and straight man qualities of comedy. But, but also, like, you know, being able to poke fun of himself was, he played, like, a hybrid version of himself as a, Acting, acting coach, coach to Tobias and the rest of the development. And, you know, he's, he's like, he, one of his famous lines there is, oh, you're still, still beat, beat on this phone. phone. You know, you, you do a couple things here and there, 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 there
and I, I forgot, forgot that he was in that, but that, that was, was probably, probably like, like the start, start of like a television career where, where you know, you know he, he had a media plan. Obviously, we knew he could be the big showy personality, but, but you know, be able to, to you know, pin, pin yourself down a little bit, make fun of yourself. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. He's a very underrated for his comedy as well. Uh, and I, I think Happy Gilmore was the first time I ever saw him. I, I think uh, that was that was one of the earliest movies I remember watching. You know, once you graduate from kids' movies to uh, PG thirteen or whatever, Happy Gilmore was one of the first ones I watched. I remember really enjoying. I was a, I still am a golfer, so uh, I really always have liked that movie. And then Apollo was probably second the second role i saw him in and then predator later on um his predator role is like is iconic but it's not as big as his role as apollo or as uh, chubbs yeah he he's not in the movie as much but you know it, it's it's just sad right like and i think you know obviously some time has passed i didn't want to think about it immediately but it is a natural human reaction to be like okay well what happens to his character like what's next for right. him and I mean, compared to like, I know there's news right now going around about Gina Carano, but compared to her, uh, you know, he's his character truly, truly got its his his own, you know, his own like peaceful ending, right? Like he he had that small time arc of like it's always great that Mando goes goes back to him from enemy to ally, and it's like ah oh, man, like. Yeah, I mean, I wish I wanted to see him. And, like, someone was just saying, like, you know, he's probably getting ready to do the Mandalorian and Grogu, right? Like, that could have been, like, a easy yeah. way to, like, start off the movie. Be like, Mando, you need, you need these things if you're going to go out and do these things. And then that's basically his role right there, right? Like, I don't think he would have been major. But it's, it's just sad to know that, dang, uh, you know, like, he, he could have continued on here. Could have been someone that we kept popping into. Could have seen Navarro just grow into this massive metropolis or something. I don't know. Like the the idea that like he can peacefully retire as a character after Mando season three does make me fairly happy. Uh, but it, it's still sad that you know we won't see an actor who is clearly still very capable. Like when he came on to Star Wars Celebration stage before Mando season one, or I think after Mando season one. Um, he was like, he did the full Apollo Creed thing. And he was very showy. He's like, ah, like, you know, just getting everyone hyped up. You know, <laughs> I, I, he was obviously from an era where, you know, our action stars were not doing the most healthy thing. So maybe that had an effect or not. I don't know. But knowing that his family said he had a peaceful passing, like, you know, that at least like settles my nerves. And, you know, it's, it's so sad, especially in this context of Star Wars. We've lost Carrie Fisher, obviously, and she had, you know, very difficult issues with her bipolar disorder and bravery at the same time, but also her substance abuse for many years. Like, you know, it, it's very hard to hear and see like people that in our minds and in our screens forever will be that age, forever will be, you know, growing with us or, you know, being in that same spot. And uh, the nature of a TV show is that you see these people age over time more so mm -hmm. than a movie. So, you know, it was nice seeing carl you know have this like final like you know plateau in his career like dang like he now he's in stars now he's emmy nominated for directing you know i, I loved grief cargo and where his character went he, it was he, he added so much 
too, the small scale affairs that Mando himself really likes to involve himself a bit more. It's more so than like the big grand stories that he inevitably gets drawn into. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just sad. I, you know, it's, I, I hope that, you know, all of our Star Wars favorites get to live long, long lives, you know, that, <laughs> the Disney money or whatever it may be, just, you know, if they're happy, they're healthy, keep them, you know, in peaceful retirement as long as possible. But it, in, in, in some way, I guess it is also a little poetic that he, he went out still acting, still doing the thing he loved. And then he just, you know, went somewhere else. Right. So you just gotta be thankful that he was part of this like new boost in Star Wars after, you know, some of the mixed reception of the sequel trilogy. And even if season three might not be everyone's cup of tea, I don't think anyone could look at the episodes that featured him and say they were bad. They tended to be some of the better ones in the season. So yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm happy that he has his own nice arc. And even if it's not a perfect resolution, it's as good as you can hope for. Yeah. And he's a fun side character. <laughs> Grief Korga. I think they, they did as much as they possibly could with that character. He's a really, entertaining part of this whole series yeah. i love his progression from where he is as a guild master and in, in season one all the way to being the head of the entire planet in season three so uh yeah i i love the character we'll miss carl weathers uh he was he was a treasure i mean for many of us obviously uh especially in the u.s you know with uh, you know, uh with him being identified with rocky and wearing the like uncle sam outfit in rocky four you know when he goes out like iconic stuff we'll always miss him and his contributions to our our industry and our favorite franchise so let's move on to a little happier news though it was announced today we when we decided to do this live uh, we did not have really much to talk about outside of carl weathers but really in the last few hours there's been a ton of stuff that have kind of been randomly announced and the first one starts out with disney is collaborating with epic games on new titles based on star wars marvel avatar and more disney properties there's a quote out there from uh disney saying our exciting new relationship with epic games will bring together disney's beloved brands and franchises with hugely popular fortnite in a transformation transformational new games and entertainment universe this marks disney's biggest entry ever into the world of video games and offers significant opportunities for growth and expansion we can't wait for fans to experience the disney stories and worlds they love in groundbreaking new ways then you have a quote from epic game ceo saying disney was one of the first companies to believe in our potential of bringing their worlds together with our with ours in fortnite and they use the unreal engine across their portfolio now we're collaborating on something entirely new to build a persistent, open, and in- interoperable ecosystem that will bring together the Disney and Fortnite communities. So I think one of the things that's both confusing <laughs> with this for me and uh, f- makes me temper my excitement is, is this just Disney Fortnite or is it Disney Fortnite plus all these new games? Because they're saying it's going to be a bunch of variety of new experiences, but then they're saying it's going to be one big ecosystem that all contributes to one thing. And they right. mentioned Fortnite yeah. like five times. So <laughs> if it's Fortnite, if you, you know, you know how we get these seasons of Fortnite. I uh, I played Fortnite back when it came out. <laughs> I played back in beginning of 2017. 
I finally won one time in like February or March of 2017 or 18. I mean, yeah, beginning of 2018. One at the beginning of 2018. I was like, I'm done. I don't like these uh, these uh, <laughs> battle royale games. I'm not a big battle royale person, not a big multiplayer person. So I'm done. I'll never play again. And pretty much have never played again outside of a couple times uh, when I think it played a couple games when the Thanos first Thanos expansion mm. came out and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, all that to say that Fortnite doesn't really interest me that much. And if this is just Disney Fortnite, then I don't really care. Cause I haven't played any of the times that star Wars characters have shown up in Fortnite, <laughs> but Epic games did create the gears of war video game series. Uh, they have done some cool things in the past. That's outside of what we all now know them for. If this is just a way to get Disney properties in with another big publisher, to try to create some new Disney games and new Star Wars games, hopefully from this, then I'm down. I mean, we've talked a lot about recently with Lucasfilm Games and the expansion of Star Wars into a variety of different uh, developers because the EA license has expired. If Epic Games wants to try their hand at Star Wars, I'm very excited for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've looked into it. I think this new thing that Fortnite is sort of doing is that there's like worlds kind of like if you look at the Fortnite map, they're kind of splitting it up where each world is like its own hub and has its own modes. Like there's a Lego one that's currently mm -hmm. happening too. And it has its like own like challenges and like racing and stuff like that. So I'm assuming like, yeah, it'll be the continuation of like, you know, Fortnite having skins of every possible franchise and collaboration. <laughs> but when you're in that world itself in Fortnite, from my understanding is like, you'll be able to do, only things you can do in that area which i mean i think that's fairly cool like disney parks has been a huge part of their identity and it does kind of make sense for them to make virtual parks sort of become a thing right. right so if that's like a cool way for them to you know expand on like the concept of galaxy's edge maybe mean replicate it and have like a trial run of like different eras like obviously we're getting ahsoka and mando and the real life versions but maybe this way they can like play out with other high republic stuff right like that once the acolyte comes maybe that's like a big push there to see batu like 200 years before what everyone's thinking about right and all that so that, that that stuff i think could be fairly cool i'm i'm ultimately not very high on it because for me some of my issues come with like epic game store and some of its yeah let's say worse features like you know it's, it's a very it's a very annoying game store to use um i'm sure if you only play fortnite you don't really notice it but for other games it's you know it's 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 kind of miserable so i you know i'm not i'm not a yeah. fan of that um and especially if it means that there's gonna be more games and you can only use epic games launcher and all that uh not not my cup of tea per se but you know i i, I agree i think it's nice to have after ea exclusivity for so long so much uh, trouble there over 10 years that you know if this is going to be more of like a casual space where they can experiment with like trends and stuff like that so be it um i don't really see epic becoming this place for triple a s games other than maybe some multiplayer here and there but i don't think it'll ever be like a battlefront 2-esque or anything i feel like it'll just be more free freemium games that you can jump into play have fun um, right. maybe has some implications on canon 
but you know more like the loose like oh i guess that's a possibility sort of thing right when right. someone else eventually fleshes out what the concrete is version of it is so yeah i'm not i'm not entirely jazzed about it i see the possibilities for it um i know just what we've finally escaped from with ea exclusivity so i'm not trying to be too hard <laughs> on it but i right. you know with luke's film games being involved hopefully it makes this collaboration worthwhile and you know, it ends up becoming a unique part of the next generation of Star Wars gaming. Because truly, you could honestly say a lot of Star Wars gaming ended in like 2008, 2009. Maybe Force Unleashed is like the final hurrah. Everything after that, uh, right, it drizzles out. And that 10 years in between, what is it? Jedi Fallen Order, Squadrons, right? And yeah. Uh, Survivor 2019 so that was 11 years after Force Unleashed yeah which is it's horrible to think about right like they focus so much on mobile games which not technically bad it's a good way to get your investment back very quickly and all that get people excited um but like you know the fact that we just have we had to wait till uh, Fallen Order which in some ways is a pretty safe game before you know we could get uh real Star Wars again Battlefront 1 was pretty safe too and not as fun as people wanted Battlefront 2 had a horrible start. Jedi Survivor's baseline of how bad a AAA game should feel under uh, at launch under uh, you know Disney and their game division because it was pretty buggy for a lot of people at launch. Throwing an Epic into the mix, I guess they've been solid on their track record. But again, I just I'm just a little wary of it all. I just want them to feel like okay, you, it is a worthwhile connection being made instead of just we can slap Star Wars on another thing, right? Because then it just feels like right. a PC version of all those mobile gaming of old. And I think, I mean, when I was looking at the concept art earlier and the the tr- little trailer they posted, which was super vague, it didn't really say what it was. It just basically is like, hey, we're partnering, partnering with Epic, get excited. Um, I thought of two things. First, the art style, a lot of what they used, it looks very much Disney Infinity. Um, and that was the last you know, time they've really attempted to unite all their brands under one thing. Uh, the concept art looks very Ralph Breaks the Internet from Wreck-It Ralph 2, uh, it, it, you know, where you have those like Disney portals and you can kind of go into each thing. I wouldn't be surprised if this that's inspiring it, especially because Wreck-It Ralph is noticeably like in the big, <laughs> the front and center of the, uh, the concept art. The second thing I thought of also was MMO. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to be an RPG, but it could be like a Disney Universe Online type of thing um, where you get your character. And like you were saying, with the different worlds, you you go across different areas and you can play different things in Star Wars and Marvel and Avatar and Wreck-It Ralph. And they announced Moana 2 today. Uh, Disney Parks, you can visit Disneyland, you can create your own theme park, you know, do all that type of stuff like Roblox kind of inspired i could see epic games trying to get into that um so you know i think it's going to be mostly that type of stuff especially because they're not confirming they're saying multiple games multiple opportunities multiple uh, expansions they're not really saying what it is so they might not know or it might just be this kind of like nebulous online place for you to just go and live your favorite disney property um in a way that's not really impactful to like star Wars canon or something. And it'll be an offshoot type of thing, a non-canon thing. But I think it's cool for people who are into that type of stuff. I'm personally not, but 
if you enjoy that, then great. Um, I think it, Disney does have such a variety of awesome brands across every avenue of entertainment that something like this has always made sense. But even like, yeah, looking at the looking at the concept art, they even have the Disney Cruise Line in the corner. Like they just have they have literally everything that makes up the Disney company. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see what they decide to do with this. Um, and Star Wars really is frankly not represented that much on the, the art or in the trailer. Yeah, it's it's something. A lot of speculation, obviously, from our part, and I'm sure from the rest of the fandom. Uh, we can only hope that whatever does come out is, you know, beneficial towards the overall expansion of Star Wars into gaming again. Because I would really love to be able to say, like, hey, Ian, if I don't love that game, I know five-year-old, six-year-old who, you know, have been watching, like, the High Republic Adventures and stuff like that, or Young mm-hmm. Jedi Adventures on Disney+, Plus, find it very easy to transition to the gaming as a way, right? And yeah, maybe that leaves me myself a little bit open to like supporting capitalism on every single front but it's disney they're they're smart about it they know what they're doing they've been around for basically almost 100 years now so (laughs) they're not around this long without you know having major successes and understanding how what people like and want so as long as it's well done i'll be happy i just don't want it to feel like a massive investment um but ultimately feeling as meaningless as a lot of these mobile games that get you know retired right. after a couple of years if you're interested in seeing what star wars mobile games have been retired there was a new episode of the history of the star wars franchise where every star wars story ever released from uh 2014 to 2016 and there are plenty of games that came out in those uh three year that three year span that eventually got shut down uh, but yeah anyway i mean the best we can hope for right epic games returning to its roots going with gears of war to create a cover third person cover shooter for star wars uh, probably not though all right we'll start getting to your questions right now uh keep sending them in again we're going to go about an hour total on this video so you have about 40 minutes 40 minutes ish to send in more questions if we hit a stalemate here you know get a little slowed down with some of the questions we do have a couple things News stories we could talk about, like uh, Bob Iger Mm. confirming Mandalorian and Grogu is supposed to come out in 26. Uh, We kind of all figured that. But uh, yeah, let's dive into the questions here. We'll start from the top. Uh, UperDB says we're losing too many Star Wars gems. Yeah, we are. There's been a lot of our our older elder statesmen in this universe have passed in the last seven, eight years. Yeah. Um, but we're still going strong with it. You know, we still got Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill, Ian McDiarmid, you know, knock on wood. They, they <laughs> stick around on for a long currently time. as we speak. <laughs> James Earl Jones. He's like uh, 90. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, and but, he, he's an example of someone who had like a perfect retirement, right? Like you might question like the ethics of, you know, AI re-speech are being used to make his voice like it was in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show versus, you know, as a softer voice that he had in Rogue One that doesn't, you know, really feel like Prime Vader in some moments of the dialogue. But you know, he got to have a say and let it be like, okay, yeah, I'm done. I'm giving you rights. You know, I let the character live on past me, but knowing that my family was always gonna have some connection to it, I thought that I think that's a great way to like retire from the franchise, right? Make an appearance here and there if he wants to, but yeah, you know, that's an excellent way to go out. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, John Mitchell says, I think 2026 could be a historic year for Star Wars. 25 could be the year where the hype starts. I think it could be. Hopefully it is in terms of uh, the film, the Mandalorian Grogu and whatever else ends up coming out that year actually creates a space for Star Wars where people are excited about it again. I think especially in theaters, we need the hype around it. So hopefully that returns in 26. I think 25 is going to be, I mean, the the trailers or whatever comes out that year could get us hyped. But I think it's going to be about the standard year for, for Star Wars here. We're going to have the closeout of the High Republic which will be pretty cool, uh, Phase 3. And then we'll have, uh, what, Andor Season 2 might possibly be next year. And then we have, uh, I don't know, what else do we have next year? <laughs> Maybe some other things. We'll see. Yeah, uh, there's, think... there's some weird things coming out, right? Like I, Again, like it, it's hard to judge it, too, because like you mentioned the Moana thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. we got a little tiniest bit of a tease but originally that was supposed to be a season of like a TV show of Moana. And now it's been converted into a movie because it's been the first movies have been so popular with kids, especially sing along versions on Disney plus. Right. So uh, definitely. Yeah. It definitely feels like a move just like Mandalorian and Grogu is about like, all right, let's get our big punches back in into the right formats, into the best, you know, uh, most visible arenas and has with as highest qualities that can hopefully right so uh it's a lot of <laughs> course corrections you could say um uh, so i i don't know even like i'm looking at this 2026 list right they're saying a movie in may and december and that just yeah. it gets me nervous man like if they're gonna do a may release i say just make sure that the next film also is isn't until next may or the following december like take your time yeah. with it and if it, if we're going with the timings of it all i would say maybe let the ray film be there and then after a year's worth and all that let donna the jedi have its own space because that's people already got confused between the force awakens and rogue one if you show me you know everything going on 30 years after the sequels and then suddenly you're jumping back to what thousands of years before anything we know there's going to be some poor grandma who's like what am i is this are these the same is where's ray is she is she okay like why is she not in the story like you, you just got to be considerate of that disney and and if you're going to force it two in a year they should be really well connected in the same way like marvel movies were like when black panther has you know it's building up to become a very big lead in infinity war and captain marvel less so but at least has a significant role in endgame right like i don't think star wars movies especially the slate that we know about can do that and we've, we've seen how marketing was just so poor for solo and obviously it was entirely reshot like ah, when i see two in a year for star wars i get nervous star wars should always be an event series like an event to be in movie theaters tv shows you know we can spread them out those are fun and whatever but movies, you got to be careful, man. Like the brand can get so diluted. And we're seeing even the MCU with its model, how now they're pulling back too. So you just got to, you just got to be careful. I don't think that second one comes out that year. Yeah. I don't know. The Ray movie, I think it needs all the help it can get. I don't think it should, I don't think it should, they should risk it. But uh, it, it's all about the marketing. I think Solo mostly failed because of the marketing. Uh, but, <laughs> so they didn't start marketing until three months before the movie came out 
but we'll see. Uh, they they might really want to press their luck. We'll we'll see. Uh, Batasai says Carl passing by is so unexpected. I think his character will live in animation. Sad we won't get more of him, but gave a lot to the character and has become a good Star Wars character that will live on. Completely agree. I think there's always room for you know characters like that in animation. There's no reason to bring him back. You know, at this point, there would be no reason to recast. There would be no reason to to deep fake his face. Like, we'll just we'll just let Grief Karga go. He's not a big enough character to to yeah. mess with the ethics of all that. I think I'm fairly very happy with the way we could say goodbye to him in Mandalorian season three. And wasn't like a definitive goodbye, but he's a, a character who's taken more and more steps back as we've gone along with the story. He hasn't really been a centerpiece of the story since season one. And I think we're going to miss Carl Weathers more even behind the scenes for Star yeah. Wars because he did become a pretty solid director for them and seemingly one of the voices behind the scenes on a lot of story elements and uh, creating the show that we we all love. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's just, it's just it's just a loss, man. But you know, uh, at least has like a a softer landing than we'd want. But at least a landing of sorts, not not like interrupted midstream, like Carrie Fisher. You know, coming to episode nine with her position as the original trilogy lead, finally having her movie. Right? And yeah, she had an impactful role. Don't get me wrong with the footage that JJ got to use, but. It's not the fullest extent of what even he would have been able to do if he had more time with episode nine and he had carry around, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, I personally wouldn't even mind if, like, they have, like, a small, like, in-universe passing or memorial. Like, his yeah. character is pretty sure, like, for, I, I mean, in first season when he didn't have his white beard, I you could have maybe played him as more in his 50s or something, but... With the beard, you can really play him off in the 70s and 80s, right? Like, you can say he's like an old man who's really doing quite a bit here. And you can give him, like, a peaceful ceremony where he, you know, he, he has passed. And you can honor him that way through the Star Wars universe. Um, and I think that would also be really appropriate. I, I think that that would be really nice. And you don't have to show anything or use any old footage, right? It's just, you know, and you can, I mean, you could even tie it to, like, mando like paying his respects before going off into his you know big republic new republic mission right like that that could be a really like touching moment there you know like a in-universe dedication that we can all be like yes all right so now no questions asked we, we have something beautiful for him it's great but yeah we'll see i could see them doing that for sure uh i guess it all depends how much it fits the story mm-hmm. you know um uh, navarro doesn't really need much more no. development no. so if they if they just act like everything's perfect on navarro and mando's over here doing his thing i'd be happy with that too but i wouldn't mind to send off as well uh, but i'm also before we get to these next few questions i'm noticing we have a lot more people watching the video than have liked it so please like the video if you're watching it really helps us out a lot all right uh john mitchell says i'm only 24 and there's so much to look forward to in the next 10 years for star wars and more it was a dream for me as a kid that Star Wars would return. I legit could have only dreamed about this. We are spoiled. We are spoiled. <laughs> we are very spoiled as Star Wars fans. And I think, you know, a lot of a lot of the prequel critique, I feel like, came from a place of, of knowing um, 
that this was our one shot at it type of thing, you know, like, like, damn, we're going to miss the opportunity if this, if it's screwed up, but we don't really have that in star Wars now, you know, like, yes, it's a missed opportunity for seven, eight, nine for what they could have been. But in general, when you tell a star Wars story, if it's just average, there's another one coming the next year. So I think we, we are spoiled in that sense that like, we don't need to make, every star wars project feel like it's life or death it needs to be perfect we'd all like it to be but uh <laughs> we are in a way inundated with star wars content um the only place we're not spoiled is star wars video games and hopefully that starts soon so uh yeah i completely agree john and i mean this is this is we're living in a world that is so inundated in star wars content that it doesn't feel like the dream it sounded like in 2012 when they announced that disney was making new star Wars films. Um, once I got over the fact that I was once I realized in 2012 that Disney also made the Avengers and all those other movies I really enjoyed in live action. Um, I got pretty excited at first. I was like, oh, they make animated movies, but, um, but yeah, I, I, we're really lucky to be living in the time right now where we get star Wars TV, star Wars film, star Wars animation, star Wars games, star Wars books, star Wars comics every day, basically. <laughs> It really helps our channel, but you won't hear us say that ever, right? <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, it's lovely. Um, and I mean, I always like to point out, Star Wars is one of the franchises where it's not like retconning per se, like, uh, you know, a comic book, like, oh, this character died, but really they were alive or that was not them. Someone just disguised as him with that, right? Like that kind of happens in Star Wars, but usually the sort of retconning that we get in stars usually mind you is the stuff that really makes the story that is already there stronger right by introducing new characters plots filling out details that you know weren't really well touched upon we can say we love the prequels and i'll say the world building of the prequels to this day is the best of all the three trilogies but as far as character motivations and development and all that you can say you got it from the film and yes it's there but the real meat of the bone on the bones comes from the Clone Wars. If you watch that, knowing that knowledge of just like just how powerful and effective that show was for us as kids growing up, and you know, eventually the adults who, if they weren't already watching, did start watching. Yeah, like that made that whole story so much stronger, right? In the same way, I'm confident that you'll be, it'll be very interesting. I think the way that New Jedi Order has been positioned. It almost feels like the sequel trilogy will be the big explosion, literally the awakening of this era, right? Like the Force Awakens. And then mm-hmm. New Jedi Order will be like the next step. Like they, they could truly make Rey have, especially with the characters, the actors all being quite young still, right? You could truly have them for another generation of stories past this, you know, 10, 15 year jump that we're getting do another, and then maybe if they want to do 10, 11, 12 there, you can then have it be a send-off and be like, this is the little Ray New Jedi Order, Finn, Poe, like they dominate 30, 40 years in the same way that obviously the original trilogy characters will, but we actually get to see way more of them in live action with movies and maybe some miniseries or something like that. So yeah, I feel like the sequel era will not be defined by the trilogy in the same way as the other trilogies have defined their eras, right? Um, and all these shows, Filoni being so good at connecting lore and pieces, but a lot more voices involved and 30 years being fleshed out. 
in 10 years, man, like if, we're, if, if there's already been like a strong foundation from books like Blood, Bloodline and all that, in 10 years, we're going to be looking back at, you know, the first decade of the 30 years and be like, wow, a lot more of what's happening in the sequels makes a lot more sense, feels stronger. Mm-hmm. So it's a privilege to be in a franchise that is always trying to better itself, right? It doesn't mean it necessarily always succeeds, but there is an effort from the creators to listen to the fans who are well-intentioned, not the ones that are just there to scream and shout for no reason, just because they're upset, right? Um, and then, you know, you can grow you can grow that franchise and evolve it further and make that story that is there feel so much richer and worthwhile of an investment. And even if this era ends up becoming something that's a lot harder to get into because there's just so much more, you can start picking and choosing, right? You can have your little Mando era. You can have your third decade before where maybe Luke fights Snoke or whatever, or maybe Mara Jade has more of a role there or something like, you know, there's so many possibilities. I'm excited. It's a privilege. We're happy for it. Um, Still, games are pretty bad. So let's let's pick it up, right? I'm happy what we're getting the last couple years, but that first 10 years, man, was it was rough. Terrible. Uh, says, I think grief in season three kind of completed an arc for him, a good ruler for Navarro, a friend of Mandalorian. We are so fortunate to have him. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, I, I think leaving off where we were in season three is, is plenty. I'm just going to miss somebody yelling, hey, Mando, every time. <laughs> I do a little wavy thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, he has some great lines. Season one is definitely peak grief, Karga, but yeah, he's he's cool. awesome throughout the whole thing. Uh, Upper D says when T, uh, the Bad Batch ends up ends on May the 4th or when the Bad Batch ends, May the 4th is like a one week after. Do you think we get Tales of the Jedi season two, May 4th, and perhaps a new Clone Wars art style show announced at the Bad Batch finale? I don't think we I don't I don't want to say I'll never say never. But I don't know what, if, if they would like waste tales of the jedi a week after the bad batch you know like I, I feel like that would be too close for the same type of thing unless it was a little mini arc that tagged the bad batch something like that maybe an, uh, an epilogue to the bad batch maybe uh like a, you know it'd be awesome a quinlan voss tales of the jedi story that maybe ties into ventress's story in in the bad batch season three something like that maybe but i i don't know i feel like Tales is too big, too well liked, too well known to just drop it right after another animation yeah. thing has ended. Um, we'll see. I think I think they'll do something for May the Fourth. So maybe we'll get the acolyte announced to start around then. Maybe we'll get. I don't know. They did a couple of years ago. Remember when they did the random like sounds of the galaxy? Yeah, and, just uh, yeah, something of, of that little... level, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's gonna be something like that and they'll put something out but maybe an announce announcement would be cool i i think we can't discount any type of announcement but i don't know if a new show will come out that day if it's only a week after yeah i mean i i mean i wouldn't mind it if it has like a very important plot to like background information on the acolyte, like maybe like a way of like adapting some events of the first three phases that are important uh, to like Vernestra Rowe because she's going to be a character in the acolyte, right? That could be something really cool to see there, right? And maybe span some new story as like a final chapter 
in the way that the Dooku episodes were kind of done and the Soko episodes were kind of done. Um, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, I don't want to mess with the animation like that and make it feel like it was just randomly dropped. Because in some ways, I do feel like Tails' first season, I know the intention is always to let Filoni come and do it whenever he wants, but it felt a lot less marketed than Visions season one was. And that was in the same year. And it just, it just felt felt weird to me, right? Like, I was like, damn, but this is like, this is the reason why we're able to have Visions in the first place. This animation that was developed for so many years, along with Rebels too, right? So... No, unless it's like maybe like they're dropping it in batches, which I mean, I wouldn't mind that too, like having that spring up and especially if it's relevant to the bigger show that's coming out, that'd be cool. Um, but no, I think it, and overall, I just think it needs its own time. It just, it, it doesn't, if it's being smushed in there, yes, May the 4th is a holiday for us, but it's really not that big of a holiday for the <laughs> average person in the world, right? So I'm, it needs its time, it needs its marketing, so if you want to drop something in there randomly, just you can do like the whole droid story with C-3PO that's been announced years ago, right? But <laughs> that could be something I, that could be cool enough to like get everyone's attention, but not necessarily need like massive marketing the same way an animated TV show still does need. Uber, Uber ETB, <laughs> I struggle with your name every time, uh, says... No, they'll have every Disney IP to create new. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're collaborating. Yeah. They bought a stake in in Epic Games. We were just saying, yeah. like the way, the way the announcement was made, they heavily plugged Fortnite, and so yeah. it was just like, what is this? It is this stake just a stake in Fortnite with Disney, you know, a Disney skin, or is this an an full investment into completely new games, like? Fortnite Disney is not a new game. It's just a spinoff, you know, like <laughs> I think uh, a completely new game. And like you're saying a little bit below uh, a completely new game would be if Epic decided to make Battlefront three, which I don't right. know. I think they, I think they can cause EA. Yeah. I don't think they own anything to do with Battlefront cause pandemic made it before Battlefront. So Disney should own that name. They should be able to, they probably have to change a little bit of the way it looks and stuff from Battlefront two. But yeah, I'm, it's a possibility. Epic, I don't know if they've ever done anything like that in terms of a massive uh, classic mm -hmm. type of shooter, online multiplayer shooter. Uh, Fortnite's very different. I'm sure they have the servers and the power and and the the ability to do so. Um, but would they want to stray so far from their, their wheelhouse? I don't know. Um, but I'd love a single player game. I mean, I've never been a massive gears of war fanatic i played all five of the games i never played the spinoff one but i played the main five games and i always enjoy them it has great combat fun shooting mechanics good team mechanics um something honestly kind of like Re republic commando reminiscent if they had third person shooter mechanics in republic commando you get team tactics you can tell people where to cover uh, you need people to revive you it came out a year after Republic Commando 2, the first uh, Gears of War. So I'd love them to go back and do something like that. I mean, when when we think of third-person third combat shooters or uh, cover shooters, we obviously think of 1313, which never happened. Maybe we could get that. Um, you know, something like that would be really cool. That would get me way more excited than just looking like they're piling into Fortnite. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was like a way for people to immediately recognize it, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Upper TV, like, yes, they have a stake, 
there can be tons of new games. Um, like, but like we said at the start, we want these games to feel worthwhile. We don't want them to feel like you have to only have Epic Games Launcher on your PC. It should be something that's as widely available and well supported and developed, right? Because a lot of a lot of the games that we think about, especially like multiplayer games, became great after one or two years. Um, they should, and, and especially a lot of the games that were already solid to start and then became all-time classics, right? So. If you're gonna buy a stake, I think that implies that Disney has a level of like, okay, we're gonna spend a lot of time, have a lot of oversight, make sure this is as great as possible, which is great, um, especially for Star Wars games that are lacking, right, and have had a history of being so influential in the gaming world. Uh, I'd love to have Star Wars feel like it has that influence again, just like it did back during the Kotor era. So, uh, if we ever get back to that, that'd be awesome, right? Like the Battle, our original Battlefront era, that'd be awesome. Um, will it happen? I don't know. Epic has not a mixed, but like a very, not, not that most positive, you know, run outside of Fortnite. Yeah. They have a stigma. That's the best way of putting it. Right. And it's up to them to break it. Right. And if it means that the stake and Lucasfilm games being so involved, you know, erases all those issues. Excellent. Nothing more we could ask for. Yeah. Yeah. People see them one direction. I mean, nobody really really remembers that they made Gears of War, Uh, you know, so it's just like it's a complete 180 to Fortnite. They just got lucky that Fortnite was such a massive success. And why, you know, why would you not pour all your resources into that if you're making so much money? Um, But yeah, you know, there's it seems like in general, people are either Fortnite players or hate Fortnite. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm definitely more towards the hate Fortnite. I don't like, I don't hate the game. I, I just don't play it. Like I have no desire to play it. So if it's yeah. something the same way, I don't know if I would be down for that. And if About there's more can- canon relevant stuff that is like Emperor Palpatine's speech, then I won't <laughs> be happy, right? Like it should be a yeah. full-fledged game that makes me be like, okay, that's worth an investment. Not like a, <laughs> I have to go to this random public square in the game with like 400 other people and find out this is an important part about the movie. I right? like, no, if, if anything, <laughs> if that's a reason to buy the stake to ensure that never happens again, that's all I care about. Right? They should have put that in the press release. Be like, yeah, you know, we've worked with Fortnite with uh, revealing such important plot information to our films, such as Palpatine's uh, press release to the galaxy. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> it just sounds the more the horrible we get past it. It just gets more and more horrible to think about. Like, yeah, please and give it's... us at least like a comic book or something that just is like the real thing. I can't live with the knowledge that Fortnite has some, like, just like, you know, how we have Coca-Cola bottles and all that an Arabish at the galaxy's edge. <laughs> yeah. If there's like a Star Wars equivalent of Fortnite, I'm just going to be like, oh no, man, like, please don't do this. <laughs> it's and then, and then knowing that uh, Poe played Fortnite so he could find out the Palpatine returned. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> they should have had, they should have left that scene in the movie. Oh, should have left course. it in the movie. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Mattisai says, uh, I want to ask, given that you live in the United States, is the social political situation so divided, especially in election year, that stuff with Corona? I don't think we're going to really touch on that. We try to avoid yeah. anything to do with politics on this channel. Um, but that is to confirm your uh, your kind of suspicion. It is to do with the fact that this country is so divided that we, we don't want to take any form of a stand with that. We just want to be a place that unites and uh, has yeah. fun talking about Star Wars. We don't want to have to dive into any of that stuff so we're gonna we're not gonna discuss gina carano 
Um, but you guys yeah. can read up on it if you'd like. The, the only thing I'll say though is that it's really not that big. This is it's yeah. just Twitter and social media. There have been dumber, bigger, crazier things that have happened on the internet that have been forgotten within a day. Um, I'm sure this is one of those situations. And it does not it does nothing for us as Star Wars creators, right? Especially positively influenced Star Wars creators. We want to talk about cool story developments. We want to talk about, uh, you know, exciting release slates or cool new games and stuff like that. That stuff doesn't matter. Whatever happened to Gina is already in the past for us. Unless she suddenly comes back to, you know, the Mandalorian, that's the only right. time we'll ever talk about her. All right. Well, uh, then Batasai also says, is an excellent movie for younger or excellent move for younger audiences. I think this is in reference to Epic Games. Star Wars designs are strong suit for the brand. Kids will be interested in watching the movies with, with that. I would say in a good way to call their attention. Yeah, I think I think always positive reinforcement with, uh, mm -hmm. especially with video games right now, where Disney, Disney kind of pulled the plug. I think a bit too early. <laughs> On Disney was always a big big presence in the video game world i mean since the original nintendo yeah. tales and stuff there's been big presence from disney in video games and they pulled the plug on disney interactive pretty early and maybe like you know two three years before they maybe they regret that you know licensing is obviously more lucrative because you don't have to actually pay for people to develop your own games. Um, so they may, I think they preferred it and now are trying to kind of get back in. <laughs> and uh, I think this is a good way for them to continue to reinforce their brands. I think, you know, especially in Fortnite, Fortnite. Yeah, I, I agree, I think. Art sells really helps too, right? It's it's very inviting art style. We're not we're not talking about something like PUBG is marketed towards kids and teenagers and it's had staying power because you know, it's a fun game for a lot of people. So it's it doesn't feel like it's ever too overwhelming. Um I will say kids these days building these entire you know forts and everything literally right as they're like ready to shoot someone right <laughs> and ever anytime i played against them i was just like oh my god aimbot or something or just helped me like no these are kids who are just like jittery off of like you know some energy drink and they're just cheap G Fuel is like getting them going crazy, and they're like, Oh my god, the Fortnite emotes and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh my god, like it's terrifying. This, yeah, I know we're Gen Z, but oh man, that's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and the big if you don't jump on the trend early, I mean, you're screwed. You have to, people are so good. They don't have really ranked matches and in shooters, online shooters. You might get that in fighting games, but it's like I tried. I, I didn't play Overwatch when it first came out because I'm not a big multiplayer person, but 
there was one year where I think it was during the pandemic, I was trying to get into a bunch of games I missed that were the top games the previous few years, especially when I was over going to school and college and missed out on. And I got Overwatch and I was like, Jesus, there's the reason I cannot play this in 2020 because I'm four years behind the curve. Everybody's so much better than me. It's not even fun. Uh, that's how Fortnite is now. I don't even, I, I can't imagine going back to Fortnite. Uh, we're going to jump over to Cal Camp Brax, who says, how long is the High Republic Phase 3 supposed to go for? I hope they let it breathe, but I really want to keep getting into the stories of that era. That's a great question, Cal Camp Brax. I, right now, I believe it is supposed to end at the beginning of next year. I think the first half of next year, uh, I, if I'm correct. They are letting it breathe with phase three, which is really nice, especially for our channel, because we try to read everything for the channel. Um, but it's nice just to be able to reflect on the stories, let them all feel important. Um, the way phase one worked, it definitely got us like amped up into the universe faster. You know, they really were rolling out the content like there was stuff to read for the High Republic every week. If you're reading comics, there were books every six months. But in the same way, it did kind of burn you out if you were reading everything. And a lot of the other material, like the junior novels or the young adult novels, started to feel like they really didn't have the impact that the adult books did and the mainline comic series did. So I think the way they're doing it now, staggering the releases, letting each one come out, you can embrace the high republic for what it is every time a new release is out if you're really into the whole thing you can read one every three to four months if you just are into the, the adult novels then you can read one every six to eight months then it's a little bit more consumer friendly but i think they're doing that more so because they can now you know when phase one came out they were trying to capture the audiences of every single medium to get them to cross over to the other mediums now they're like we've got our audience now we can string it out. So, uh, yeah, I believe it's supposed to end sometime at the beginning to first half of next year. Yeah, and I think that's really cool to see. Um, you know, we still haven't really had a chance to fully read and uh, go over the junior novel that just came out, Escape from Valor, right? So once that's on the channel, we'll let you guys know right away. Um, and we're excited to read it, too. Like Liam was saying, it's because it, it doesn't feel... Like, oh, my God, like, I have to read this immediately and then find out, oh, you know, it's, it doesn't really have anything to do with the story. Like, something like Midnight Horizon was cool to read, a uh, fun setting on Corellia and everything, but not really impactful or it has nothing to really do with the Fallen Star, right? So having, you know, a better emphasis on, you know, tying it into the story and making it seem worthwhile while not necessarily so important that you can't skip it, is, is always yeah. a smarter move, right? Um, I quickly want to just jump to the end here. John Mitchell says, why don't you guys talk about religion or politics when they're inherently tied to Star Wars? Like, avoid those questions. Now, John, we've already mentioned this before, I think, to you directly. We don't mind talking about Star Wars in-universe politics, right? Like, if you want to talk something about, like, Bloodline, we can talk about the populist and centrist there. And, you know, we can make some connections to real-world stuff but mostly from a historical perspective, right? Like if, if we look at Star Wars as it's happening now, a lot of it is very tied to the politics of today, right? And a lot of it is messy and history always shows that, you know, when you deal with the political reality of the world, oftentimes you only really understand it after like a decade or two has passed. The nice thing about the original trilogy is it's, yeah, Lucas can say it's a lot of commentary on the Vietnam War, 
but a lot of it is very much familiar to World War II storytelling, right? The prequels in their own way are much older too, so they don't have that natural problem that the sequel trilogy has, frankly, being tied to a lot of the real world politics of today. But again, it's just something we don't want to do. We'll talk about things that happen in Star Wars's universe of politics, but in our real world and life, no, that's a separation. That's a boundary that we want. Um, and it's ensured that anybody who can come to this channel can have a respectful conversation about Star Wars, right? We're going to talk about influences without a doubt, but we're not going to talk about the direct real things that are happening that, frankly, we're not well equipped to just jump into with you guys, right? This is, that's a conversation you can have with your friends. And that's totally cool, right? Tell us about it if you want to, but it's it's not something, you know, with the live stream audience that we're comfortable with or, you know, are equipped to do. So you just want to make that clear. If you say, hey, I want to talk about the separatists and their politics and how that could have succeeded in place of the Republic. Yeah, we'll talk about that because that's stuff we can refer to with the shows, with the books, you know, and with some historical connection. But. You know, talking about real world stuff. No, I, I we just want to close the door on that. We're not avoiding the question. It's just not something we can honestly do well. And we don't want to do it. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to second that. And that we start this channel to not have to talk about all that stuff. <laughs> like uh, it's this is a channel for everybody to discuss Star Wars. Doesn't matter which side. Like we really don't care. You know, we want everybody of every side on yeah. here um and obviously and we really appreciate our international viewers too because this is that was the that was the point yeah. of this whole thing is, is like we want people from all over the world here in our community to discuss star wars um we will obviously always talk about the politics of the movies themselves and if there's a political message within the movies we can talk about that but uh yeah. we are talking <laughs> we don't want to talk about real world lawsuits and stuff like that there's no reason to there's not that has nothing to do with the theme of our channel um, and then I noticed a lot of people saying the audio wasn't working. Seemed like it was a minor stretch. It seems like it's fixed now. Um, that classic robotic problem that, uh, that's happened quite a few times. So uh, let us know if it happens again. And we will. There's nothing. We haven't been able to figure out that bug. It's just something to do with yeah. the way we stream it. Um, but sounds like it was just over kind of an, a meaningless little conversation about Fortnite. So uh, <laughs> maybe it's <laughs> for the fine with. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, and I did a little research for I forgot where that last question was. I got to scroll up uh, about the High Republic. Da, 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 da. Cal Campbrax, yes. Uh, you asked when it ended. There's no official date. I looked up just to make sure I was I was right on the the time uh the last three books are supposed to come out spring 2025 that's all we have listed now and they're trials of the jedi by charles soul into the light by claudia gray and a valiant vow by justina ireland so yeah we got another year to look forward to high republic phase three content uh john mitchell says ahsoka season two should be in 2025 it's a strong possibility yeah i think especially because we've already you know once they create a season of a tv show if they're reusing some of this you know the designs the sets um, with the volume, they already have the environments a little bit more established and created. Um, they can go into production a lot faster. So I think season two, end of 2025 is a pretty strong possibility. You, you are probably right. Um, I think especially because most of it will be on Peridia. They should be able to get that going real fast. 
John says strongly disagrees with you on something. I can't remember where we were back then. <laughs> um, but we'll hope. Oh, I, I think I think I know it was. I think it was because I was saying Star Wars should feel like in the movies, like an event. Um, I'm again. I want to clarify. Shows can come out. I, I also don't want us to be flooded, right? Like uh, two shows per year and an animated show, and then a movie every year or every two years. I think that's like a good cadence, right? Um, you know, and more than anything, you can keep the quality going like crazy and the cadence going like crazy. And if they're both very high, I don't think people have a problem with that. At the peak of the MCU, right? The movies were genuinely very solid all the way throughout, right? So that's what, and yeah, maybe people were a little bit more forgiving then. That's the very fair reality. But, you know, Star Wars, I, I mean, it's, it's lovely that we get so much these days. Don't get me wrong. Um, but there's something special about, you know, coming back after every five to 10 years of like, uh, like this is the next big thing. Right. Whereas, you know, there were still people being like, Oh no, I've read the books. Now I've seen the clone wars. Right. You can still appease those fans with the Disney plus live action and all that. But the movies themselves, if they're going to come out, I want them to feel different, feel large and have some breathing room. That's, that's all I'm saying. I second that. I would I would be okay with this movie every two years, personally, yeah. um, especially now that we have live action shows. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> Battersai says, "Yes, I hope the owners and people in charge are always aware of transcendent nature. I'd love to see stories from the Empire POV. I've always thought a movie with that would be cool. An admiral of an Imperial Star Destroyer, days after Return of the Jedi, something like hunting hunt of Red Ock." The hunt for Red October, uh, space battles with the rebellion, etc. Man of Honor, military, yeah, and those would be awesome yeah. stories. I think um, I think we'll start to get a little bit more of Thrawn perspective, which will be cool to see. You know, that Imperial side um, given to more of a main character, like an Imperial officer. And there's been some great stories post Return of the Jedi surrounding Imperial military. I would love to continue to go into Imperial military, um, even just. Uh, the alphabet squadron trilogy um there's a lot of imperial perspective in those books as well um which is something that, interesting and different uh, it's it's a little heightened you know to be very dramatic and and like andor-esque you know in which also imperial perspectives in andor um but but yeah i would love to see a movie from imperial perspective i mean i think still I would not be shocked if the Darth Vader movie or series ever comes out, you know, something like that. And you could have uh, maybe the way Darth Vader in the ghost prison did it or the Tarkin novel or Thrawn alliances where you have a sidekick for Vader um, or we're seeing it in the Greg uh, comics right now where he, he has um, Sabe or Ochi, you know, when you have those other Imperial characters witnessing the horrors that are going on around them, um, but you get to see their perspective. A lot of that stuff would be really cool. So, Always, uh, always excited for something imperial or bad guy focused for sure. Yeah, I I love bad guy exploration. I know Liam's the bigger Sith fan on this channel, especially because he's delved a little bit more into it. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm always down, especially when you can do inspirations like I'm saying, where you can bring in the real world influences, just like all other Star Wars media has had, remix it, add your own thing, and make it into a Star Wars story. Right? That that stuff is cool. I'd love to see that. Um, the politics of the New Republic era, obviously, it's a lot more crunch than Legends was, right? Where the Imperial remnant has lasted for like 10, 11 years before Pelion finally like signs the treaty, right? So 
how canon is going to kind of work around what aftermath try to really establish how are we going to you know treat all these imperial groups and more as military juntas as opposed to like big big organized efforts um i don't know i mean we could also see offshoots of thron when he's eventually defeated what comes next right like it's, i don't expect pelion to die honestly i'd love for him to be a character that sticks around for quite a while right he he's mm -hmm. he, he does I think he's all the way into the second galactic civil war too right like yeah. it, it's a long period of time for him so we can have these imperial characters continue to play a role we can have what you know that more honorable ones have an influence on the centrists in bloodline right but maybe also be their beliefs be twisted right because you know centrists are people who are like kids growing up and they loved what the empire was for them but then someone like a Pelion could be like oh i i lived in it right and i've seen the variations of it you know, I'm saying these things are maybe important. These aren't right. You can do some crazy cool stories with that um, from the more morally gray areas, right? You know, that perspective that we don't always see. Like, I'd, I'd love to see more CIS stories with the ruling council and all that. But, you know, it's only in a couple episodes of The Clone Wars. We're going to, we've reached an hour mark. So we'll answer like two more questions and then we're going to have to get out of here. If you want to make sure... Your question gets answered. You're welcome to send a super chat. Helps the channel out tremendously. If not, uh, then we'll be back. You know, we we have a couple more ideas for live streams coming here soon. We want to do one surrounding the tier list, which you guys all really enjoy. Uh, we are currently reading, especially uh, for the people watching right now. We're currently about to release our episode for Outbound Flight, which was chosen by all of you as Legends Book Club for this month. Again, we would like to make that like a real book club type of thing. So if you want to read along and discuss the book with us, we'd be interested in doing a live to discuss the book with all of you. So if you guys are interested in that, let us know. And then uh, when the bracket's over, we're going to do a live for the bracket. And we also talked about a, a trivia uh, live coming out sometime here in the future. But to finish <laughs> off here, John Mitchell says, Star Wars Eclipse and KOTOR remake, please happen. I'm optimistic about the future of Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, John. Those I want ones them to happen tough. too. <laughs> but I think Eclipse is going to be added to our our pantheon of, of Star Wars video game trailers that never see the light of day. Um, KOTOR remake, I think, is always a possibility, even if Aspire doesn't work on it. Um, you know, even if it doesn't come out for 15 years, I think KOTOR remake always is a possibility, especially in the world today where we're seeing that these like ground up remakes, graphical re-enhancement, uh, rebuilds of games, making tons of money still, you know, with the Resident Evil remakes, Dead Space remake. Now we're getting kind of remakes of Last of Us games with just PS5 graphics instead of PS4 and PS3 graphics. We're seeing all these remakes make so much money. I would not be shocked if KOTOR comes out one day, but Eclipse might be dead. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a tough one, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, a nice way to tie it into what like Casey Barkle is saying is there's a better chance of Asajj Ventress being alive at this point than Eclipse, right? Like that's <laughs> that's how it feels like to me. Uh, Casey, just to quickly answer, um, the yellow saber that she uh, she has in Dark Disciple was used in Maul's double lightsaber in the Siege of Mandalore arc. And then we see her original curved lightsaber, but with a yellow blade, right? So there's some very confusing imagery right now about what weapon she had. I guess now, you know, the implication is that 
it's a, it's a different lightsaber or maybe this is a clone and it's different like we don't know it's very the art around it with the dark disciple cover and all that's a little misleading right now um i don't know i, can't, I don't know what to tell you there but if you want to know more check out our bad batch season three trailer reaction we have a little bit more into that psychometry would be a cool thing to explore mm -hmm. there as well um but you know uh, we don't we don't really know because if we're looking specifically at the lightsaber it's a bit tricky right we don't unless we're going to say suddenly that asaj had that and then she dies and then maul takes it somehow and then he you know he gets that lightsaber taken back and it's destroyed and then asaj is like okay clone or real She's like, I guess I'll use my lightsabers from the past, but now with the yellow blade, right? It's a very confusing thing to judge just based off of art, but the animation always trumps, you know, cancel book, uh, cancel arc turned into book art, right? So, yeah, we shall see. <laughs> uh, where were we? All right. Uh, Battersai says, yeah, sequel trilogy had good drama that is workable arguably better position than even the prequel trilogy. Remember Kenobi telling Luke to meet Yoda, the Jedi master instructed me, but then in the Phantom Menace gave us Qui-Gon. <laughs> There's a lot of contradiction between prequel trilogy and original yeah, trilogy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember but, my uh, mother, she was just so sad and beautiful. Like what? <laughs> I guess like one less than a day old, uh, Leia remembers every detail, right? But now we, <laughs> we have to just say, the force gave her images and all that right <laughs> yeah there's a lot a lot of them um but yes the sequel trilogy i think one thing that no one ever really went into on the sequel trilogy was people don't like the characters but nobody really went into like oh the acting was horrible you know type of thing like people never really went after the actors or the filmmaking uh, side of it it was more about the storytelling and the characters um, which is kind of the opposite of the prequel trilogy where people went more in on the acting or the dialogue or the, the filmmaking, the overuse of CGI, stuff like that. Those were the complaints around the prequel trilogy. And I think it's one of the reasons why the prequel trilogy was so redeemable uh, in a lot of people's eyes was once you continue to flesh out that era, the story is just is top tier. It's just it's mostly the yeah. stuff around the story that was lacking. Um even though we're we're defenders of the actors from those movies for sure, uh, I love everybody's performances. <laughs> the dialogue uh, could be could be better in some scenes. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I think the sequel trilogy from a from a base standpoint of like the fundamentals of filmmaking, it was definitely top tier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the story and characters were lacking. Well, and I'm sure we'll everything we're saying has been surveyed and gotten plenty of online feedback and you know they've run through their data and all everything and i'm sure that that's informing some of the storytelling that's being told now or eventually will be told post the rise of skywalker to fix the trilogy right because like yeah i mean adam driver arguably has some of the best acting that we've ever seen in star wars arguably right and you know they're the but then at the same time this is maybe the weakest big three even though they have the second most time outside of Luke, Leia, and Han, right? The prequel big three was quite often quite separated, and Padme is for sure wasted in Revenge of the Sith, right? But then you have Finn with the memes where he just yells Ray, and then Poe becoming less and less, you know, crucial, right? And knowing what Duel of the Fates had for Finn at the very least to become 
more of this like you know first order hero right like like x first order hero right like breaking free causing stormtrooper revolutions and all that like yeah that would have been awesome to see and hopefully we do get to see that right i'd love even if it's not in live action i'd love absolutely absolutely would love to see you know this be done in animation or in some book or something like give us a chance in the most you know approachable medium for people to get the stories that you know are lacking with the characterization that were always there that i mean a a big thing people will always complain about finn is you can't market you know someone with the lightsaber especially a minority lead at that point right and then say oh yeah i guess he's got the force at the third film after he's spent two years just running around right it it sucks right but again we're fans we're optimistic we're sure that there's going to be story that's going to make these characters feel richer and improve just like everything has been for this overall world of the original trilogy with comics and books and with the shows like the clone wars and rebels for the prequel trilogy Mm -hmm. Completely agree. Well, that's going to have to wrap it up tonight, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to our stream tonight. Uh, we appreciate you guys all joining. Again, if you haven't been checking out the videos the last couple weeks, we've had more videos on the, on the channel than we had starting the year. Uh, we've really gotten in the flow. We're getting good stuff out, and we do have quite a few more videos coming for you across the next week as well. So make sure you check those out. Uh, we had a theory video from Sonic about Ray Sloan. We had the next episode of the Canon Comics Summarize, Volume 2 of Star Wars. And then we had the next episode of every Star Wars story ever released covering 2014, 2016. We also have our Outbound Flight Legends Book Club review coming out for you all soon, as well as our Star Wars characters tier list. And uh, a theory video about a topic that I brought up a couple months ago, probably, on here about uh, Sabine and the force sensitivity with the Mandalorians and how that all could work here in the future. So thanks so much for watching again, check all that out. Uh, Check out the community tab. We have polls going right now about our legends versus Canon bracket. Obviously all the characters in that bracket are really good. So those are all tough polls. Make sure you vote, make your voice heard and uh, stay tuned for shorts. We have shorts every other day as well on the channel. All right. We'll be back here soon with uh, more lives. We'll do one live a week at least covering Q&A topics. If uh, there's no news, if there's some big news, we'll do some emergency lives. And uh, hopefully we have some news soon. We got a lot at the beginning of the year, but uh, we <laughs> we haven't had anything recently. So uh, hopefully, hopefully some good news comes out this week. Thank you so much for watching, everybody.